morning to you all and a very, very warm welcome to our worship this morning. There will be a service on Thursday at 10.30 as usual. I would just like to say that I was here on Tuesday when the elves came to collect all your Christmas gifts and they were absolutely delighted with the gifts. They said that that would bring happiness to so many people over the coming days. So thank you all once again. And while I'm on the thanks, can I also say a huge thank you to anyone who helped at the Chana lunch on Friday. I think we had about 70 people in the hall for lunch and it was a great occasion, a lot of hard work from a lot of people and it was greatly appreciated by those who attended and Santa visited as well. So it was nice to see Santa. Good of him to fit us in. There will be tea and coffee after the service today through in the large hall. So we'd like to see as many of you as possible through there to continue the fellowship um, from the service. We'll be holding a carol service on sun Saturday afternoon, Christmas Eve, at three o'clock here in Kirkgate. And there will also be tea and coffee after that service. Okay, so another chance for you to get together. There will also be a watch night service at half past 11 in Park Church in Ardrossan with carol singing from 11.15. And this afternoon, there will be a service of lessons and carols in St Cuthbert's at half past three, to which everyone is invited. Next Sunday, Christmas Day, there will be absolutely no service here in Kirkgate because we are taking part in a joint service that's being held in the North Parish Church in Salcoats. And that's going to start at 11 o'clock. Now, we're hoping to be able to live stream the service, but it'll depend on the technology when we get there. Um, if anybody would like to go to that service and would like a lift, could you please speak to myself or to Margaret today because we could perhaps help you out by giving you a lift up to the North Parish next week. So please speak to us before you go today. On New Year's Day, there will be a joint service here in Kirkgate and members of the North Parish Church will be joining us. That'll be at the usual time of quarter to 11. This is a final plea for the cleaning rota. I was going to do it the other day. A couple of people have spoken to me and asked to drop off the rota, which is absolutely fine. I would really appreciate if anyone is able to spare. We're cutting it down to once every second week that we're going to clean. So that should cut down your commitment. So if you could spare um, an hour every few weeks to help out with that, please speak to me today. And lastly, just a reminder that Margaret Campbell's funeral will take place in Holmesford Bridge on Friday the 30th of December at 10.30. And I know that you'll all be remembering Andy and Helen and the rest of the family in your prayers at this sad time. And in Nigel's absence today, we're pleased to welcome Andrew to lead us in worship. Uh, I was just remembering that this time last year, over the whole Christmas period, I was actually in the North Parish because, if you remember, Brian Murray wasn't well. And uh, I, can, I can recommend it. They have some good services there. And 
I'm pleased to be taking this service today because there's uh, no service on Christmas Day. This is our Christmas service. That's the good news. Uh, the bad news, I'm apologising for the fact that I'm not well today. <laughs> and you'll be sad to hear that as a result, um, I've decided that I'm going to cut down on what I'm going to say to you today. <laughs> anyway, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and he'll be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So let's join together in worship this morning with our first hymn, which is Unto Us a Boy is Born. Margaret is going to lead us in prayer. Father, we thank you for you have filled your world so, with so many good things, for the joy we have every day in your creation, for our homes, families and friends, for the food we eat and the clothes we wear, for the wonderful things we have to see, share and learn. We thank you for those who help us when we are in need and for those who find us when we are lost for those whose kindness, care and friendship make life worthwhile. Father, we thank you that we can come to you as we are, 
We praise you that you know us completely. We do not have to pretend. You know what we are really like. We thank you that you still love us. We praise you that in Jesus you shared all that this life means to us. We thank you that through him he can, we can enter the heaven of your love. We are glad that you know the things that hurt us. We thank you for understanding our fears and we praise you that we never need to feel unloved, unwanted or unnecessary. Loving God, we thank you for the promise to be with us always and we praise you for that hope that Jesus makes it possible. God, we come before you in humility and brokenness. We have sinned against you. Forgive us, Lord. Cleanse us for our, from our sin and heal us. Let us turn from our wickedness and follow only you. Father, forgive us when we find it difficult to trust you and so difficult to love each other, for our failure to help those in needs and for foolishness that spoils our life. God of love, your son Jesus is your greatest gift to us. He is a sign of your love. Help us to walk in that love during this third week of Advent as we wait and prepare for his coming. All this we pray in the name of Jesus, our Saviour, who taught us when to pray to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, Margaret. And uh, as they say, and now for something uh, quite special, uh, something which is, uh, I hope, going to be a lot better than you sitting there listening to me. And um, I'm just, I'm basically ad-libbing now until the right thing has happened. On these, these occasions when you are dealing with, uh, they always say, don't, don't work with animals and children. <laughs> you see that. I can remember doing a pantomime where we had seven children acting as dwarfs. It was Snow White and it was, it was a nightmare um, because you would, go, you would go to get your props only to discover that one of them would decide to play with it and put it down somewhere else completely different. So anyway, I think we signs of life here. Right. Does anyone know any good jokes? <laughs> uh, as I said, in all seriousness, I apologise for the fact that I'm a, a little bit under the weather today. I breakfast with Santa yesterday. That wasn't anything to do with it. And then I spent most of the afternoon and early evening in, in bed. Um, uh, so I didn't feel too bad this morning, but then uh, as the morning went on, I'm not quite so sure. <laughs> so I deliberately didn't like the advent ring because when the children come in, <laughs> eventually, uh, we're going to light the advent ring at that point. So. Hmm? Oh, can we say another hymn? Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Okay. Um, well, I'll tell you what. We could, we could, we could have the hymn that we were going to have um, after the children had done their piece. Yeah. Right. Okay. Is that all right, Stuart? We can. Uh, 
we'll go to, so the next hymn was um, Old Little Town of Bethlehem. I know we've had it a few times this Christmas time, but you'd never have it too much. So our next hymn is Old Little Town of Bethlehem.
things could go badly wrong. Uh, mind you, one, one rehearsal, there was actually a fight among the shepherds. <laughs> and I thought that was very appropriate, given what I said to the people that were here on Thursday about the nature of the shepherds and the kind of people that they were. So um, hopefully we haven't any of that, they're not quite. Um, but I know it's all, I remember the, the, the three kings were to come in, and we were, the congregation was to sing, uh, we three kings of Orient are, and they were to come forward one at a time with their gifts. And I was standing at the front and reading and, yes, and they're standing at the door then. <laughs> you know, so eventually I had to run up and open the door and come in. Uh, and then of course, inevitably, what happened is, it was all the, the, the wee, the, the really wee girls out the Sunday school out there uh, that stole the show because they all arrived in their angel costumes and they, they sang away in a manger, and of course most of them didn't sing it. And uh, they just stood there, and um, some of them adjusting their way. And, um, but at the end of the day, everybody was so enchanted by it, and, uh, and it didn't matter how clever the rest of it was, it was always these wee girls that stole the show, because everybody went, ah, oh, isn't that nice, you know. <laughs> and they didn't even, uh, so it was always, it was always good. Um, Oh, oh, I think we're ready. <laughs> I think we are. Okay. Right. Right. You. Oh, right. I think. I think maybe. Whoop. That's, that's. You going to the other side? Are we? Now, before we get started, as I said, we haven't lit the Advent candles yet, so... <laughs> it really is a star. <laughs> so, Sylvia, do you want to see about the lighting the Advent candles? Yes. Okay, right. And we're up to the... The four today. And you know, seeing as how we don't actually have a service on Christmas Day, I think we could light the white one in the middle, because this is a Christmas service. There we are. Okay, I'm going to take a step back. Thank you. 
Well, I think, um, Stuart, do you want to just play a couple of verses of our little town of Bethlehem? We don't need to have the words just so that the children can, can leave. Thanks, Stuart. Well, anything I have to say... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> as I said. In all seriousness, though, I remember Ross Mitchell up in West Kilbride saying one Christmas when people were talking about the youngsters and saying they're the, the church of the future. And he said, the church of the present. And it's, it's well that we remember that. Anyway, we're now going to our readings today that are taken from the Old Testament from Isaiah and from the Gospel of Matthew in the New Testament. And George is going to read for us. The Lord sent another message to Ahaz. Ask the Lord your God to give you a sign. It can be from the deep in the world of the dead or from the high up in the heaven. He has answered, I will not ask for a sign. I refuse to put the Lord to the test. To that Isaiah replied, Listen now, descendants of King David. It's bad enough for you to wear out the patience of men. Must you wear out God's patience too? Well then, the Lord himself will give you a sign. A young woman will, who is pregnant will have a son and will call him Emmanuel. The second lesson is from Matthew's Gospel. Somewhere. After Herod died, an angel of the, the Lord appeared in a dream to, in, to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and go back to the land of Israel, because those who tried to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went back to Israel. But when Joseph heard that Achaeus had succeeded his father Herod as king of Judea, he was afraid to go there. He was given more instructions in a dream, so he went to the province of Galilee and made his home in the town named Nazareth so that when the prophets had said came through, he will be called a Nazarene. Amen. And may God bless to us these readings from his holy word. We continue our worship with our next uh, hymn, which is Angels from the Realms of Glory.
service that we tend to... Especially when we're watching nativity plays and so on, we tend to think of the Christmas story. But of course, there's more than one Christmas story because we have the Christmas story that's in Matthew and the Christmas story that is in Luke. And they are very different. In Luke, the emphasis is on the Annunciation to Mary, and Joseph is a bit of a bit part player. Whereas in Matthew, Joseph plays a very prominent part, and it's to Joseph that the, the angel appears in a dream uh, with the Annunciation. And uh, Joseph is something of a, as I say, a bit part player, but he has a very vital role to play. One of the things that's intriguing is that we know that Joseph was still around when Jesus was aged 12. But the period of Jesus' early life, we really know nothing about. People have assumed that he was working with Joseph and possibly that was the case, maybe not. One of the things that's come about because of translations in the Bible, I don't know, I'm always banging on about this mistranslations. Joseph is always described as a carpenter, yeah? Well, actually, modern scholars think he wasn't. It was a mistranslation. In fact, he was like a jobbing builder that did little building jobs here, there, and everywhere. However, um, I don't want to get too much into that, as I say, because I, I, I want to try to restrict what I'm saying today before I fall over. Um, one of the things that is remarkable about Joseph is the way that he responds to this great crisis in his life. The young woman to whom he was betrothed uh, is found to be pregnant, and he was not responsible. Now, Palestine at that time, betrothal was a very formal thing. It lasted for a year, and it, had, uh, it was quite as binding as marriage. The only way you could break it off was by a, a, a formal divorce. Now, in this case, the law said that Mary was guilty of adultery. Because even though she wasn't married, she was betrothed, and that counted the same thing. And of course, Joseph was only two away. Under the law, the penalty for adultery was to be stoned to death. And that's why Joseph decided to try and very privately put Mary to one side. And dismissing her quietly was an act of great integrity and great compassion. And then he has this strange dream in which the angel of the Lord appears to him and tells him not to be afraid to take Mary as his wife, for the child she has conceived is from the Holy Spirit. So he believes the angel and he does as he's told. And what this seems to say to me and what is very admirable about Joseph is the tremendous trust that he showed in God. He simply accepted the situation and he got on with it. And we're told as well that in that Isaiah passage that he would, Jesus would be named Emmanuel, um, meaning God with us. So just very briefly, let's consider what that Christmas statement really means for us. Jesus, God with us. Jesus coming into the world means that God is no longer remote, but with us in our ordinary, everyday lives. And that our story, our life stories, are inextricably bound up with God's greater story. Now, Mary and Joseph must have wondered what the birth of this child meant. That this promise of God with us must have perplexed them as much as it does us. But again, the pair of them showed trust. 
And it means not uh, just trusting God and trusting Jesus Christ in moments of joy, but also in moments of confusion, despair, faithlessness and doubt, which comes to all of us. And what I want to say is that there's a danger, isn't there, that we make the Christmas story into something very sentimental, cosy. But it's not. Uh, but what I would say is that it shows that God is with us in the grandeur and also in the misery of life. God, as I said, didn't opt to stay remote, but ventured into the precarious life of an infant born into a marginal family in a fraught political situation. I can't emphasize this enough. Mary was most likely no older than 15. Joseph would be considerably older because that was the, the habit in Palestine. And then you have a young peasant girl, probably 15, 16 years of age, uh, born into very humble surroundings, living in very humble surroundings. And she has been given the task of being the mother to Jesus. And Palestine at that time wasn't a nice, pleasant place. It was very fraught politically. There was rebellion constantly simmering. And people like Mary and Joseph must have felt uh, very much put upon by the, the sort of Pharisees and others that were insisting that they were not keeping the laws as well as they could. And that must have influenced Jesus as well because he constantly goes on about the, the, the pharisaical religiosity, sorry, I couldn't get that out of it, of the Pharisees, compared to what he had come for, which was for the humble people. Now, God is with us, as said, because of Jesus Christ, and we can see his human face and know that there's something of him in the other human faces that we see. At this time, we need to have hope. It's very easy to be cynical and despairing with all the things that go on in the world, the violence, the fear, the greed, the selfishness. But Christmas gives us hope. Christmas speaks to us of God's love. And one thing that I repeat that I said on Thursday in a form, remember, we're celebrating the crib of Christmas. But the crib of Christmas leads to the cross of Easter. And that's what Jesus was born for, to save us. So, may we let the Prince of Peace meet us where we are and bring us his peace that passes all understanding and enable us to live a larger, more loving story. So this Christmas, I invite you to discover God in the everyday ebb and flow of life. And like Joseph did, learn what supporting role you are called on to play in the big story. And however small you may think your part is in that great story, it's important. Even if it's just giving somebody a smile. It's all part of that greater story. And our story is valued as an important part by God. 
Whatever else he may be, he's assuredly with us through Jesus Christ. Emmanuel, God with us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let us once more join our hearts in... Oh, we're not going to join our hearts in prayer. <laughs> Sorry. Because I put next to him in today, and it's not a carol. And the reason is because it talks about a joyful sound. And I think it's, it's a hymn that just sums up uh, why Jesus came among us. So the hymn is... We have heard a joyful sound.
analogy I can give today is that if Jesus was born today, it's quite possibly he'd be born into a Syrian refugee camp. That's the kind of situation when I was saying, let's not have a cosy image of Christmas. It's lovely to celebrate it the way we do, with lights and music and happiness and food and so on. But let's remember what it really means. And that last hymn sums up what it really means for us. Right, so let us once more join our hearts together in prayer. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we offer these gifts before you in the same way that the wise men offered their gifts before you in times past. And we know that they represent but a small part of what you have given us. And we dedicate them to your use and the furtherment of your kingdom. Lord Jesus, you were born to share with us all experiences of life. We come to you now trusting that you will understand the needs of the world, your church, and the people for whom we pray. Lord Jesus, Prince of Peace, speak of your wisdom and give guidance to the leaders of the nations in ways they can hear and understand. Speak and may your kingdom of peace, justice, and righteousness be established on earth. Lord Jesus, mighty God, speak of your holiness to your church throughout the world. Speak and let your people celebrate your birth with a new commitment. Let us joyfully proclaim your glory so that the whole earth is filled with a sound of praise and thanksgiving. Lord Jesus, everlasting Father, speak to your children of your love. Speak and be born again in our hearts today. Speak and let your love surround us and those with whom we share this Christmas. Help us to see you in others so that by loving and serving them, we may also love and serve you. Lord Jesus, wonderful counselor, speak words of comfort, love and compassion to those who are suffering, bereavement, loneliness, or sickness of body and mind. Speak and let them find peace and reassurance in knowing the light of your presence within them. Lord Jesus, in your compassion, understanding of what it is to be human, hear our prayers. Use them and us to bring new peace, joy, love and hope into the lives of those for whom we have prayed. For you are born to bring salvation to all through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and our God our Father. And we ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We've spoken quite a bit about joy. Nigel was on about joy last week. So uh, I think we'll finish with uh, a nice joyful hymn. Um, I used it um, earlier in the week, but I think we'll have it again. And uh, it's no, it was the, the carol, afternoon carol service I used it, wasn't it? Yes. And I explained at that point that up until I was in my early 40s, I didn't even know it existed. But it's a good one to finish on today, so that's why I want to use it again. And it is Joy to the World.
I don't happen to see some of you before Christmas, I'd like to wish you a very happy and a very Merry Christmas. And now, go in the name of the Lord. And may the peace, joy, love and hope of Christmas come into the lives of those for whom we have prayed and for yourselves. And may the blessing of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit rest and remain with us now and forevermore.